Trilobites, and welcome to Absorbent and Yellow, a SpongeBob Deep Dive, the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for SpongeBob SquarePants. Today with us on the podcast is Sarah Watka. Hey, everybody, give it up for Sarah Watka. Sarah, how's it uh, going? Oh, it's it, it's going great. Good. Good. Um, okay, um, Sarah, what episodes are we here to discuss today? We are here to discuss. Drum roll, please. Hopefully you can edit in a drum roll. I'm my mic, so <laughs> this is the drum roll. Secret Box and Band Geeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. The crowd Sorry. goes wild. Sorry if I destroyed... Our listeners, I, slash, I guess, yours. Oh, wow. I'm looking at the waveform, and I, I peaked on that <laughs> audio really bad. But that's okay, because it's for the customer. Um, okay, so speaking of for the customer, we have some segments this week. But so here's the thing. We have we have plenty of content, as the kids are saying today. Um, and, and it's going to be a jam-packed episode, so I'm going to try and keep us... Um, moving, keep this uh, uh, wagon train a, a, a moving as they would say in the Toy Story films. <clears throat> and there's mm-hmm. so much trivia for these episodes. Um, I have said many, many times over uh, that Band Geeks is my absolute favorite episode. And there is a ton of trivia on that episode. Uh, and there's just going to be a ton to talk about. But before we do that, and I don't know why I planned it this way, but uh, I had had the thought um, a few weeks ago uh, that the next time um, I have Sarah on the podcast, um, I should totally um, try a new game. So last time we did um, the game, um, 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 uh, a broken clock is trivia twice a day or whatever I called it. <laughs> uh, and that was fun. But I had the idea um, this time. We are going to play um, SpongeBob 20 questions uh, and challenge each other and see if um, the other person can guess the uh, person, place, or thing um, from SpongeBob that we have thought of. So here's the plan for all the kids uh, sitting up front, um, excited but nervous uh, about this um, podcast episode today. Maybe some of you mm-hmm. are nervous. Maybe you're the type of person that's kind of like, oh, I'm excited to like go along with the crowd and have fun, but I'm really nervous when I'm not in control or I don't know that whoever's in control has like a concrete plan and I'm going <laughs> to nag them the entire time. So that you don't have to do that. Today, class, we're going to do SpongeBob 20 questions, trivia. We'll call the second one trivia and a half um, <laughs> because there's so much trivia. Um, and then... Uh, I don't don't have a cute title for it. Sarah, maybe if you think of one, you can shout it out and that's what we'll label it. But it'll be a super special deep dive on something. Um, But it might be brief depending on how time is going. And then the secret box and then band geeks. And yes. Okay. Let us start. Any any classes question? Any questions class? Sarah, does that all sound uh, beans to you? Oh, that's yes. 100%. 100%. Did you have you you've met the person that plays Beans on um um yeah even, well I met him Shire, through right? Zoom yeah mm-hmm. I met him through uh yeah, yeah. I, I technically it was through FaceTime through Zoom but right right oh, that's another yeah. story for another yeah, day yeah yeah <laughs> uh were you successful by the way in um uh contacting any of the celebrities that you reached out to this week you know, so everyone, just so everyone knows, I reached out to two incredibly wonderful musicians, mm-hmm. one named Bob 
Kulik, Kulik, I don't know mm-hmm. how to say it, mm-hmm. um, and another David Glenn Isley. Mm-hmm. I did not hear back from either of them, but if I do, I will mm. let Sam know and he can let listeners know, or I can talk about it next time I'm on the podcast. Perfect. But no, I, I, I didn't hear from either of them. I had some questions. We'll mm-hmm. see. Also, while I was scrolling Twitter, um, uh-huh. looking for their tweets last uh-huh. night, I did see that today is the day that Paramount Plus um, is like oh. starting to stream. So oh, okay. It launched today? Dude, yeah. they're, the band geeks is over every single ad for Paramount Plus, I swear. I mean, mostly, Great, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so uh, unexpected surprise um, segment. <laughs> Welcome to the news. Bikini bottom news. <laughs> yeah, or not, uh, whatever the news, the sound or whatever. We interrupt this program for an important news. Announcement. Okay, welcome to the news with Sarah, where Sarah mentioned something that reminds me that there's news. Paramount Plus is launching apparently today, right? Um, yep. Yeah. So Paramount Plus is, it's funny because it's quote unquote launching, and I'm sure that there's new stuff on it, but for the most part, it's just like they realized partway through, like, oh, CBS All Access, no one wants it, and the name sucks. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it sounds like like a magazine my grandma would get <laughs> on a monthly mm-hmm. basis or something. <laughs> um, but so one of the big things on there um, is it is going to be the premiere place. Uh, for a new SpongeBob show, um, Camp Coral, which they've released tons of like ads for and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks back, we talked about a um, an NFL game that was hosted by Nickelodeon, um, which was really funny because someone dropped the F-bomb on Nickelodeon <laughs> on live TV. But they played like a preview of Camp Coral. Camp Coral takes place during the... Um, like uh, camp days of SpongeBob that uh, was shown in the latest SpongeBob movie that tried to come out last year but couldn't because of COVID and it retcons a whole bunch of things or whatever. We're not going to cover it much more than that. I have no intentions of ever watching the show. It's not for me and that's fine. I'll leave you mm-hmm. with this quote from Paul Tibbet. In the animation business, you know, there always used to be the sort of joke, says Tibbet. When you run out of ideas, you just do Muppet Babies. Steve would always say to me, you know, one of these days, they're going to want to make SpongeBob Babies. That's when I'm out of here. I'm not going to say, you know, am I pro? Am I anti? I'm not going to say. I'm not. Uh, that quote. I don't even mean anything by that quote. I'm just going to share that. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, SpongeBob has been all over the adverts for that, and um, uh, Band Geeks um, came up. Uh, the Bubble Bowl, um, like a very short snippet of it, came up in the Paramount Plus uh, Super Bowl um, ad spot. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's your surprise news. Okay, um, should we do 20 <laughs> questions now, Sarah? Let's do it. Barnacles, what is this, 20 questions or something? <laughs> How impressive is it that I got a sound clip for that? Monocles, what is I, it, 20 I, questions or something? <laughs> what episode is that from? We covered it a couple weeks ago, which is actually what gave me the idea to do 20 questions. Oh, I literally wow. have in my notes on this episode, it's the smoking peanut. And um, when uh, uh, um, oh. SpongeBob says to Gary, defensive, I'm not being defensive. Yeah. <laughs> Barnacles, is this 20 questions or something? I wrote down in my notes, I should totally do 20 questions. Spongebob version with Sarah next time she's on the podcast. So here we are. Welcome to 20 questions. Barnacles, what is this? 20 questions or something? (laughs) Okay, so for anybody that hasn't played 20 questions, also shout out to 
a very nerdy video game podcast I listen to called Game Scoop uh, for a few years has done video game 20 questions uh, every episode. So this is slightly based off of stealing from them. So shouts out to them. Um, but basically the way that 20 questions works is you think of a person, place or thing. Um, and then the person uh, asking the questions just asks any and every uh, question, but it has to be a yes or no question. And then you have 20 questions um, to get to your guess. And um, the last question has to be your guess. So you basically get 19 questions and a guess. Um, yes or no questions. Uh, Sarah was asking before this um, on a level one to 10, one being, what did you say? Like SpongeBob? <laughs> yeah, like one is SpongeBob. That's yeah. your answer. Uh-huh. Or and, like yeah. the spot on Gary's, like one of the spots on Gary's <laughs> right. show. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> So I told Sarah, and hopefully this is correct, but I told her I was going to aim for a five, both so that there is potential that she could get it, um, and then also so that this segment doesn't go on forever. But also Mm -hmm. hopefully it's it's entertaining. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so so I will go with my noun first, if that works for you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. And you can start asking questions, and I'll keep track. I'll let you know when you get to 10 questions, and then when you get to 15 questions. um, Okay. And then when we're at the end. But yeah. Here Any questions? <laughs> no pun intended. Only 20. <laughs> that bazinga. Oh, also I should announce as we as we all know, we're rounding up towards the end of season 2 and then the end of season 3, but I will be continuing the podcast with Let's Talk uh Young Sheldon after Absorbent and Yellow has finished. So <laughs> just kidding, sorry. Okay. I I I keep saying that I'm going to keep us on track and then I do BS like this that completely derails us. Sarah, take it away. The floor is yours. All right. So my first question is, is this a character? Because I'm not going to say person because no Mm -hmm. one's really a person. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not true. I'm going to say, is this a character? No. Is this a place? Yes. Okay. Um, Is this place... Within Bikini Bottom itself. Yes. And I should also add, I forgot to say this at the rules up front. Um, If you guess the wrong thing, then you lose. So you can guess at any point. (laughs) But if you you get bold at, you know, question seven and guess and you're wrong, then you lose. Anyway, sorry, continue. Okay. Um, Is this place a home? No. Is this place, um, you know, an eatery? <laughs> uh, let me double check. Yes. Okay. All right. Is this place featured in seasons one through three? Yes. Is that a given? It is a given. This is, Do you want okay, me to take that so question back? Take that question back. Yeah. Got it. Um, so you said you said let me check yes is was your answer the, the about final the, eatery? the final answer is yes okay <laughs> try not to give oh, you any hints gosh i'm not gonna get this um you're okay. five questions in you <laughs> i guess i have 15 left all right i got i got this um okay is this a place that spongebob has gone to yes Okay. Is this 
<laughs> um, is this a place Squidward has gotten to? No. Okay. Is this a place that um, <laughs> serves milkshakes? <laughs> And if you don't know, I guess you could say unknown. Um, it almost certainly does. Can almost I say that, certainly. or is that more confusing? It's <laughs> more confusing, but okay. I'll keep asking questions. Um, mm-hmm. Does this place employ robots? Hang on, I'm just double checking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, does this place? Is it a um, a franchise, perhaps? I think so. Yes, and that's ten. Um, does this place, perhaps, maybe the owner also owns a hospital? Yes. <laughs> Wait, I'm at what thirteen? Uh, Eleven, or maybe twelve. Oh, okay, twelve. I, I might have forgotten um, to, but we'll say twelve. Now. Now, okay, <laughs> so, okay, D- does this place, um, is it perhaps down the road from a place called the Salty Spittoon? Perhaps, yes. Okay, obviously we don't know full geography. Right, 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 right. Um, can be, it can be assumed so. Okay. Okay, I would like to... Guess. Okay. This is my guess. All right. Is this place Weenie Hut Juniors? It is. Yeah. You, you got it in fifteen-ish, I think, questions. Okay, wow. so. But I will say, I intentionally chose to not do Super Weenie Hut Juniors because I thought yes. that that was mean. I thought that that would be mean and, and too tricky. But you really boldly, I thought for sure, like. Oh, is she going to ask? Like, just to <laughs> yeah. clarify, like, is this the super or the property? Mm-hmm. You know? But no, you got it. You did it. Um, I I had that thought, too. But then I, I couldn't remember. It was like in my head, I thought it was Weenie Hut and Weenie Hut Juniors. But yeah. I, I really could have messed that up very easily. You really could have, yeah. not said super and you would have picked super. Yeah. There we go. Wow. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I, I, I was sweating. Nice. I couldn't think of a clever response to that. Okay, well, all right, <laughs> well, you why ready? are you so sweaty, right? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Krabs, well, why are you so yeah, sweaty? What is, what, is that what they ask him? Why are you so sweaty? Or who's I that big so. sweaty guy that... Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I, need, I, should, I need to memorize that one because that's come up a few times this week. But Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready for yours? I'll let you, I'll let you pick which... Um, noun you go with and don't be afraid to go too hard uh because i guess it'll okay. just be entertaining but but do, yeah, do whichever you know what? i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the one that i think is harder but i still think you'll get it pretty okay. easily but you cool. know you never know yeah do you want me to okay. keep count of questions if you don't mind because i'll probably forget you got it <laughs> barnacles what is this 20 questions or something all right round two or round one for me whatever Round one for you. Okay. Um, is this a character? Yes. Is this a fish? 
No. Is this a crustacean? Uh, one sec. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is this, um, I want to ask, is this one of the main characters, but I don't know if that'll be confusing, like how we define main characters. Um, I, I think I know what you mean when you ask that. Yeah. I, I, so I don't just mean SpongeBob, Squidward, Patrick, right. and Mr. Krabs. I mean like the wider, you know, including Mrs. Puff and Pearl. Right. Yes. Okay. okay. So what, are you asking that question actually? Yeah. 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 Um, the answer is no. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a fish. Or, yeah, it's not a fish. It's not a crustacean. Did this character first appear in season one? No. Did this character first appear in season two? No. Do I want to burn another question? So it's season three or the movie. It's not a fish. It's not. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, and I'd frick. like to. I'd like to say I'm not yeah. gonna. Like, I feel like a a ten in difficulty level would be like incident incidental right. forty seven. Like I'm not picking right. yeah the actual name. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um. Screw it. Does this? Do, do they appear in season three? Yes. Okay. So it's a season three. Oh man. Yeah. That is a deep cut then. And mm-hmm. la- this game and last game, it's so clever of you to do a season three thing <laughs> because I don't have it at the front of my brain like mm-hmm. every other episode prior. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking, okay, just run through my head. Season three characters. Oh, frick. This okay. This is gonna maybe require some science knowledge, but <laughs> does this character have a spine, biologically speaking? Um, uh, no, they're spineless. One might okay. say. Okay. <laughs> um, does this character have no? Ah, oh, frick. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Is this character a single-celled organism? Oh, gosh. So um, I, I think that Plankton, <laughs> even though he's clearly not, he's supposed to be a single-celled organism. Okay, that just means small? Yeah, hey, I, t- I take that question back. Say, let me, okay. let me I'll, I'll think of a clear... <laughs> I mean, clear... I'm going to say no, but I, I, okay. you can pick well, a different we'll question. I'll, no, okay. I will count it then. Well, okay. I'll just say, are they small? And we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, small relatively not right. not plankton size yeah. not plankton size okay yeah because that rules out all of plankton's family members correct um, yes mm-hmm. okay uh okay uh is this character related to any of the main characters <laughs> are we saying according to the wiki or according to me oh, <laughs> uh, oh that's extra I, tricky I, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say no. However, there the argument could be made for mm. the opposite. Mm. Okay. Okay. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah. Uh maybe it will be later, but Okay. Also that's 10 questions. Um okay. Sarah does not think that they're related to anyone, but it apparently is argued. Dude, freaking <laughs> by the way, the freaking 
annoys Squidward Day. I cannot believe. I know. Anyway, neither here nor there. Okay, not related. Oh my gosh. You know what? The wiki says that they are related to main character. Is that what you asked? Main characters? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, The wiki says yes. Yeah. Which is annoying. You think no. I'd say no, but you know what? Let's say yes, because the wiki says yes. Okay. Well, that's okay. That gives me some nuance because I also, I think that generally I am more in line with your reading of the show. Does this character, does this character have more than four limbs? No. Okay. So that rules out any octopus or anything like that. And they're not small like plankton. And you said that they're not a crustacean. Um, Mm -hmm. so it can't be like a lobster or a crab, Mm -hmm. a new character that appears in season three, Frick, there's the nasty Patty. There's the Sir Pranks a lot. There's Plankton's family. Oh, Frick. You think you got it? (laughs) Is this character a sponge? Oh, no. Oh, Frick. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll count it. I thought I got it, but just to double check, is this character a starfish? No. That would have been a really good one, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could ask one more clarifying, but I I don't think that I'm... I don't think it's that. But that would have explained the wiki thinking that they're related. Um, Well, go ahead and ask it. But I would lose. Oh, you mean that extra question. Well, is is it a snail? Uh, no, but you don't, if you don't want to count that one, that's fine. No, no, no. I, I have to count it. Okay. It's the rules of the game. The rules. Um, those are the rules. These are the rules. It's not a fish. It's not a, so it can't be a shark or any of the background fishes. It, it appears in season three for the first time. Um, this particular character does. Now, it doesn't mean that this is the only, like, mm. The only of, of their species that appears. Yes, right, you've right. seen them all over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh. uh mm, okay. Is this character a villain? No. And I know it's not a human because they don't have a spine, so that rules out any of the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes. It's not a sponge. It's not a starfish. It's not a snail. It's not a fish. It's not a crustacean, so it has to be, I guess, a mammal or a bird, mm. and and it could, <laughs> and it could be, but it doesn't have a spine. That one's really throwing me for a loop. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> I just want to give you a hint. <laughs> um, I feel like I, if I win though, then I, it won't count because I got a hint. You can, you can give uh, me a vacant if you want. Well, just because something doesn't have a spine doesn't mean it's a mammal. Right. No, totally. Because it, it could be a bug. <laughs> it could it could be a worm. It could totally be a worm. It could also have like some form of like shell like thing that's not quite a spine, but it's like hard. Yes. Right. But it's not a crustacean. So it's not a crab or a lobster. Correct. And like you said, it could be a bird that, what are birds in Bikini Bottom? 
Oh no. <laughs> that is a really big hint. Okay, well is this, know, a, is this a no, it's okay. Is this a claim? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'm gonna ask that and then does this have an outer shell? Um wait, does a clam have it? Wait. This, I'm just this... asking because now I don't feel as bad for getting those hints, um, which is yeah, just my clams, pride a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so it is a clam. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> is this is this particular character a baby? Yes. <laughs> but I don't remember their name. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on. You know it. Do I though? Does uh, does this character's name? have the animal's name species name in their name no but that's a really good guess oh, but no frick. okay this is my last guess my last <laughs> or, i guess um uh it's not clammy it's not it's not like baby it's uh is i, I have to guess is it junior yes it is Hang on, I gotta, where's, I gotta find the applause. You need the applause. Yeah. This is me giving you applause. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Woo! Woo! Okay, let's go to Trivia Clock. <laughs> Sarah, thank you for that. Uh, listeners, hopefully that was entertaining, and sorry you had to listen to me for so long. Um, um say that say um okay you ready for some trivia clock sarah yeah secret box like several other episodes is based on a real lived lived real lived childhood experience of creative director Derek Dryman. Uh, in one interview, uh, this is from the Washington Post. The interview is titled The Interview, SpongeBob creator Steven Hillenburg, circa 2009. Um, they ask, uh, uh, what's it like in the writing room? Can you speak to how the ideas arise and get hashed out? Steven Hillenburg says, uh, well, one thing, uh, we mine possible storylines from individual writers' childhoods. A good example is uh, in Sailor Mouth, SpongeBob learns a curse word. That's a classic thing all kids go through. We talk a lot about our experiences from childhood. Some of them end up in the story. Another example, Patrick's secret box. SpongeBob wants to know what's uh, with the box. Staffer Derek Dryman had a secret box as a kid and started telling us about it, and we wanted to make fun of him and use it. So that's very cute and fun. A little bit more about this episode from the oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, writer and staffer Meriwether Williams um, describes her love of this episode uh, and what a great example of small writing it is um, when she says, I love the secret box where Patrick has a box and the curiosity is driving Spongebob crazy. It's a real small story. I'm pretty sure it's based on another Derek story from his childhood, which was of course confirmed from the previous quote. Spongebob wants to see what's in the box and he pretends he doesn't care, but that's uh, that night his curiosity drives him so crazy that he sneaks out and he tries to get into the rock and see what's in the box. It's just a tiny story. So that's really, really fun. Really, really cute. Um, this is a very, very deep cut. Sarah, do you remember the 2005 Tom Cruise film, War of the Worlds? Yeah, I do, actually. So you might recall there's a very short scene. Maybe it's when he like first sees either the storm or the alien touchdown or something. But he walks mm -hmm. in and his daughter, um, she's watching SpongeBob and the audio is totally not synced to the television. So I don't know how um... they got that wrong, but she's watching this episode. Uh, and no then way. finally, uh, this is the first episode to use a real image as um, the title card uh, rather than a drawn one. So it's like a photo of, of a little box. Oh, yeah. So that's fun. Very cool. 
any 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 thoughts on those uh, trivia clocks, um, Sarah, for the secret box? I think those are great. And I, I slightly do actually remember her watching SpongeBob, but I didn't know it was this episode. Yeah. So it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So trivia clock <laughs> for uh, band geeks. This episode was originally titled Squid in Charge. So there's a little fun fact for mm. you. Um, and then, uh, 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 <laughs> sorry, I don't know. Too many as Meriwether Williams, who I quoted earlier, this is uh, actually the start of the previous quote. She talks about this episode too. Um, and she says, we started Band Geeks with the idea of a rival. We always wanted to do a rival show. Uh, and I think we tried to do a rival show for SpongeBob um, and it just wasn't working. So we came up. Up with the idea for or a rival for Squidward, and in some ways, it's Squidward's story. SpongeBob and Patrick are just kind of around. I forget who's in band. I was not in band, but I think maybe Doug was in band. I think Steve was in band too. So that's fun. Um, we get a quote from mm. Carl Greenblatt uh, from um, the Oral History of SpongeBob SquarePants. He says, when we were storyboarding Band Geeks, uh, we knew uh, that we had to have a big number at the end where everybody rallies together for Squidward. The story outline called for making it a really great marching band sequence, um, and it usually helps to have the music ahead of time to board to. So we started searching around. Luckily, Nickelodeon happened to have a large library of royalty-free music. We were allowed to use. We sat there listening to uh, marching tune after marching tune, and they all uh, sort of sound the same. And the more we heard, it didn't seem terribly funny that the finale was just them playing marching band music well. But nestled in among the traditional marching band tunes was this over-the-top 80s-style rock song called Sweet Victory. It was different than what we were looking for, but it was so amazing that we knew we had to use it. So we boarded the sequence to the music, and it felt like such a better ending than any song we could have written on our own. We even got to give it an 80s jump freeze ending. I think my favorite part uh, was Aaron Springer's drawing of Patrick on the electric drums. <laughs> that and SpongeBob saying, it's the thrill of one more kill. <laughs> so that is the origin of Sweet Victory, which is freaking awesome to me because mm-hmm. it's the perfect uh, ending. Speaking of perfect episode, this is Roger Bumpus's favorite episode, voice of Squidward himself. Also, fun fact, the Bubble Bowl was, quote unquote, the re- the real life crowd um, is footage uh, uh, used from a USFL at Memphis Showboats versus Tampa Bay Bandits game at the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee um, back in the 1980s. Um, and then I believe all the close-up shots of the people like uh, uh, waving their letters and stuff, I believe was just Nickelodeon and Spongebob staff um, that they shot the close-ups for. (laughs) During the song, when Spongebob is pointing at the crowd and Sandy's in the background, there is a blink and you'll miss it little detail. He is wearing his friendship ring from the sister episode, The Secret Box. And I was like, there's no way. Maybe he's wearing a ring. But I went back and looked. I'm like, no, that's totally it. Like it's shaped the exact same and everything. So, Okay, so this next part um, comes from uh, Wikipedia because I like how they summed it up. Um, So bittersweet, uh, it says this. After the death of the series creator, Steven Hillenburg, on November 26, 2018, a Change.org petition was created, which requested that the NFL pay tribute to him by playing Sweet Victory during the halftime mm-hmm. show for Super Bowl LII. I can't, mm-hmm. I 
don't remember how to read Roman numerals, but that one. Uh, by January 11th, 2019, the petition received over 1.1 million signatures. And on December 12th, 2018, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the host stadium for the Super Bowl LII, uh, posted a scene from the episode on their official Twitter account, hinting at a possible success for the petition's efforts. On January 13th, the headlining act, Maroon 5, also released a teaser video featuring a second of SpongeBob, which furthered mm-hmm. speculation. During the halftime show on February 3rd, a short clip of Squidward and a snippet of the Bubble Bowl performance scene was used to announce guest singer Travis Scott, who Squidward described as, quote, a true musical genius who needs no introduction. And Wikipedia's quote. Basically, after that, um, it received mixed reactions. I want to say mostly negative reactions, um, mm-hmm. but mixed because some people are like, oh, my gosh, it made it. That's so great. Uh, very negative because I think a lot of people felt like it felt out of place or it just felt really mm-hmm. smashed in. And then a lot of people were just upset because they didn't play the full sweet victory. Um mm-hmm. In my personal humble opinion, I think that it's sweet. I think that I, I don't know if, like, you can just do stuff like this, like just make a petition. Like this is how we want you to, you know, um, remember Steven Hillenbrick. So that's my personal opinion. Clearly it kind of worked. So perhaps I'm wrong. Um, but I would not have expected the NFL to do anything, but they yeah. <laughs> clearly also saw like, Oh, well there's public interest in this. So maybe that's why I don't know. But yeah, mixed reception. Um, but I'll, I'll and, and I'll say for myself, I also was like, unamused i felt like kind of what i just described of like well i don't know what we expected Uh, my expectations were low already but it did feel very weird because it really is i think it's after maroon 5 performs a song um and then it cuts to squidward and he's animated in like a very like it looks like flash computer animation style like very Mm, it's weird yeah i don't want to say cheap but but it looks cheap um but it's done to try and look like um you know that scene from the episode or whatever and he's like and now now, a musical guest that needs no introduction, and then it cuts to the full band and SpongeBob is doing his eager face, which also feels out of place because I'm like, that's not the part of the episode that it comes from or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then Squidward's like, oh brother, and then you hear like, and then the freaking TikTok song starts playing. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure that you know. I'm sure that Morgan knows. I'm sure that the entire audience knows. I actually don't, but I recognize it. Yeah. Oh, it's 52, by the way. Musical genius who needs no introduction. <laughs> oh. It's lit. Oh, uh, also the very next day, I apologize. I don't have it written down in my notes, um, but some uh, hockey. Uh, National Hockey League team uh, actually did it the following day and they actually had all the sweet victory play um, and it was kind of cute. And it, and it was not just any hockey team. It was the Dallas Stars. Yes, I was just about to say. It was oh, the... Okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, I actually did. I couldn't remember. <laughs> shout out to Dallas. Shout out to Texas. Hey. hey. Um, and they changed the uniforms to be green because the Dallas Stars are green. Yes. And, th- and that detail I found really, really cute. Um, it is so, cute, yeah. Yeah. So people... Had a much happier reaction to that. But for as all the mixed reaction as it got, I will say there was at least one person that had a positive reaction that found it sweet. None other than sound editor Jeffrey Hutchins tweeted on February 3rd, the SpongeBob clip in the Super Bowl was very nice. Thank you, NFL. So I got to say, if he had a good attitude about it, I can have a good attitude about it. And that takes us to... 
our super deep dive into the person of Jeffrey Hutchins. I like the sound of that. So the reason that um, I bring up Jeffrey Hutchins uh, on this episode, Jeffrey Hutchins, or I think Jeff Hutchins is how he refers to himself most of the time. He's Jeffrey Hutchins on Twitter, regardless. doesn't matter. Um, the reason I bring him up this episode is, A, I have always wanted to give a nod to the sound uh, mixing and editing of Spongebob because it really is very, very unique. Um, and that is in large part um, due to Jeffrey Hutchins and his collaboration with Steven Hillenberg. But this episode specifically seemed like the perfect one to do it uh, because this episode actually uh, is one of the, I don't want to say few because that makes it sound bad, but I mean, it's a standout episode in so many ways. And one of the ways that it's a standout episode is it actually won a Golden Reel Award at the 2002 Golden Reel Awards. It won for Best Sound Editing in Television Animation, and it sure as heck deserves it because mm-hmm. there is some incredible sound effect work and mixing on both mm-hmm. of these episodes. Um, and uh, this is really cute. Jeffrey Hutchins um, tweeted on um, September 18th, 2019, um, there is a question as to which show won a Golden Reel Award in 2001. Uh, was it Secret Box or was it Band Geeks? Here is what the award has listed on it. The answer is both. And then he has a picture of the Golden Reel Award. Um, and it says editor, television, animation, SpongeBob SquarePants, Secret Box, slash Band Geeks, Jeffrey Hutchins. So there you have it. He won it for both. And after li- watching these episodes and especially pulling the audio, listening to them, I'm like, yeah, it absolutely deserves it for both episodes because. Mm-hmm. It's pretty freaking incredible. But okay, let me just read a quote from Jeffrey Hutchins and then maybe we'll move on to the episode. But Jeffrey Hutchins uh, says in the oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants, says, I had worked with Steve before. He was the top director on Rocco's Modern Life under Joe Murray. We had uh, developed quite a relationship together and enjoyed working together. After a full season of working together, he started developing SpongeBob. At first, I only worked on animation sounds, then expanded to all types of projects on the Warner Brothers lot. Eventually, I even joined the live action group for a season and did no animation while in mid season on a sci-fi show with Deborah Messing I got a call from Steve in my studio he wasn't happy he knew I might be able to help I still thank the Lord for that call I wrote down his mm-hmm. wish list for his fledgling projects pilot he's referring to Spongebob um, he had been assigned a post sound studio to work with on his pilot and didn't get the treatment he deserved I think he wanted to work with me again but Warner Brothers or he's working at this point was a really expensive place to do your sound Nickelodeon was still looking for the show to rip the roof off of things budgets were tight on new shows so Anyway, Steve asked for maybe 20 things, like an ocean liner horn that became SpongeBob ship horn alarm clock, trivia clock. I knew I had the sounds he was looking for and told him just that. I offered him options and, in some cases, multiple choices. We agreed uh, to meet at the Warner Brothers gate near the water tower in 20 minutes, just enough time to drive from one end of Burbank to the other, um, find a place to park near a major studio, and walk to the gate. I could just feel that old pickup truck he drove back um, in those days peeling out. I recorded every bit of his whole list to a tape uh, and was there to meet um, when he got there. He was about as happy as you could imagine and off he went. Next thing you know, I'm working on the show. Ten years go by and my career has taken off. He has helped to make me a good life from those choices. I felt very rewarded for my loyalty to Steve Hillenberg. 
Thanks, Steve, for the job. I have you to thank for quite a lot. So that's very, very sweet and just seems oh, so fun. Yeah. And so like the spirit of like, I've got this crazy idea. I know exactly who to call. And Jeffrey Hutchins uh, was exactly the right person to like heed the call and, and help out. Um, a mm-hmm. couple more quick stories. Um, Derek Dryman uh, says in, in oral, oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants, he's like, yeah, Steve had a very specific vision um, that the show would have a really unique sound. Um, and at that that time, most cartoons were still using all of the old Hanna-Barbera sounds. Think like Scooby-Doo, mm. the sounds that you would hear on that, you were still hearing on like Dexter's Lab and stuff like that. But Steve wanted a very specific new sound um, and uh, Jeff Hutchins was just the guy. And so to kind of talk about um, the <laughs> a level of dedications that Jeff Hutchins had, uh, Derek Dryman says that at one point, um, Jeffrey Hutchins um, rented a car, uh, took out the insurance on it, and then drained the car of all of its oil so that he could run the ed- engine and record sounds of like a sputtering engine to use for some show or cartoon um, that he was working on. And then last really fun story, very uh, specific to band geeks. Um, he says uh, in an oral history, there's a section of band geeks where a marching band is playing while coming down the street. They were supposed to be playing terribly. Um, both music and effects uh, were asked to give a version of what this band sounded like. Nick Carr, the music editor, found a piece of marching band music that was a band playing poorly. However, they were still professional musicians intentionally playing poorly. You could still discern the tune. I thought, well, let's take this one step further. What if they couldn't even play the instruments, let alone the tune? I brought a... Uh, my portable DAT recorder to a musical instrument retail store uh, and met two guys who worked on the loading dock. <laughs> they packaged and shipped the instruments. I got these two guys to squeak, blast, and squawk on most of the instruments they sold. Upon getting back into the studio with these wonderful but ear-wilting sound effects, I built a marching band one instrument at a time. Wow. Uh, they weren't in any key and had no rhythm whatsoever. <laughs> when you heard it, you just had to say, ouch. So come the big review for the show. I I played my version of the marching band for Steve. He thought that it was too far over the edge and ended up going with the music editor's piece. Again, (laughs) a lot of uh, effort for something that lasts only 15 seconds on screen. In this case, the whole thing never made it on the air. Oh, well. (laughs) I'm super out of breath. Sarah, what do you think of all or any of that? I love all of that. I think I love the dedication and like, it just shows, I mean, I'm sure not all of it was, you know, a blast, but like right. they, they, I don't know, they had fun with the, what they did and they were able, like, especially Jeff right. or Jeffrey um, was able to be creative and use his, you know, his talents in a way that obviously was really good for the show. And like, I just, I love what he said about Steve and yeah. uh, I don't know. That's just really, really cool. It just seems like, a lot of these people, they just created a really, really awesome team and it pays off not only in an award or whatever, but like in creating right a better show. Like, totally. I don't know. It's something that's like a cut above the rest, honestly. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's the trivia I've got. There's some more about uh, APM music and Sweet Victory and stuff, but I'm sure we'll discuss that more later in the episode. Unless you mm-hmm. have any other thoughts, Sarah. I propose formally that we jump in to the secret box. Let's do it. Patrick! Patrick! 
you ready to go jellyfishing? Oh, boy, am I. Here's your net. Well, come on, Patrick. The jellyfish don't catch themselves. First, I have to put away my secret box. Secret box? You never told me about your secret box. Hey, hands off, Peepin' Bob. <laughs> this here's my secret box. Besides, if I showed you what was inside, it wouldn't be a secret anymore. Duh! <laughs> Those SpongeBob's! If only you could see inside my secret box, it would change your life. It's okay, Patrick. I know all about secrets. You do? I've got a gazillion secrets. Like what? Well, it's no secret that the best thing about a secret is secretly telling someone your secret, thereby secretly adding another secret to their secret collection of secrets. Secretly. <laughs> Welcome back to The Secret Box. This episode was written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Meriwether Williams. Sarah, what do you think of The Secret Box? <laughs> I really love this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I say that about every episode, I think, but this mm -hmm. one in particular, I think I remember it mostly because I love both of them together, both uh -huh. the Sinban Geeks. But rewatching it, I realized how many lines I have used from this. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly haven't seen this one in years, like uh -huh. years. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think it's very cute. I love when episodes kind of like, occur like most of the plot occurs in like one setting right. yeah, over yeah. like you know i don't know they're just talking for half the episode if not more just right. hanging out like right. try anyway um uh -huh. and the fact that i mean i've always said that like the fact that the writers can make this something like that interesting that's mm -hmm. that's a show right there so totally. i really like this one what do you think of it oh i love it too and i think that um, even were it not paired with band geeks, I, it would still be in my, like, probably certainly top 10 favorite episodes oh, of yeah. season two. Um, maybe even top five favorites. Cause it's just so memorable. It's very, yeah. very simple. Um, mm -hmm. it's not as like frenetic and crazy as other episodes, but it's so even keel, just like mm -hmm. steady pace funny joke after funny joke mm -hmm. and you know a lot of things in this episode i know so well that they don't get like the hearty laugh out of me that they did the first time i saw such mm -hmm. as you know the inner mechanisms of my mind are an enigma but i was surprised in this viewing um how many like subtle understated jokes i didn't remember and like yes. really got like a loud laugh out Same. of me <laughs> So specifically, you know, SpongeBob goes on his little rant about secrecy uh, and it cuts back to Patrick and it, there's just sparks flying and like a little bit of drool. And I laughed very, very hard at that. So that was awesome. And then also, I don't know why, but the animation on this episode is uniquely beautiful. And I don't yeah. know if that's like the storyboard artist put in just like an extra 10 or 11 care or what, but like 
So something in the animation business um, that you'll hear people refer to is they're called smears um, or sometimes uh, a couple different terms, smears and um, squash and squish, squish and squash, whatever. Um, So a a smear is like when a character is turning and there's not motion blur in animation, but to kind of, you know, give the effect of motion blur, um, they will smear the character so that if you pause on that frame, they look super goofy, you know, they, their mm-hmm. eyes look extra wide and stuff like that. And that's used really, really well in this episode. Um, and then squash and squish is like, think like when you animate like a, a rubber ball bouncing, it like hits the ground, squash is really flat. And then as it comes up, it squishes really thin, you know, mm-hmm. and especially like old cartoons from the thirties, Looney Tunes, Mickey Mouse do this really, really well. We're like, they're walking and their entire body looks like it's like squishing up and down and mm-hmm. stuff. And there's like really good, like SpongeBob and Patrick just look so like delightfully rubbery in this episode. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just really there, good. Yeah. I noticed cause I haven't really been um, like watching along with mm-hmm. the podcast episode. Episodes. Sure. So I was like, oh, maybe this is just what all of season two looked like. And I right, forgot. Right. But I, there, I think there is something special about this one in particular. Yeah. Like, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, you know what it is. You just explained it, but it, right. it is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the colors really pop on this one. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. but some episodes, SpongeBob's looking like a little bit more green. And I, and I don't know mm-hmm. why that is, but he's very yellow, very bright and... It's very, very beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. SpongeBob's face is huge in this one <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but yeah. And then SpongeBob after this, of course, he lists, he runs through a list of uh, different, you know, s- simple secrets that he has. Um, and the last one is, um, did you know that you're my best friend? And Patrick says, no way. <laughs> and it, it was just very, very funny. It got me um, again. Um <laughs> I, can, I have written down, I'm a little bit naive, LOL. Yeah. Does he say, does Patrick say that or does Spongebob say that? I was just about to say that Pat, or Spongebob says secretly, I'm a little bit naive. Oh, He's kind of like talking yeah. out of the side of his mouth. And that made me laugh really hard. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> just remembering it. It's very funny. And then I, and then, um, I wrote down uh, this slams into the premise of the episode immediately, which mm-hmm. I really, really love. So yeah. Um, SpongeBob though, um, he, he's like, okay, I've, I've shared with you all of, all of my secrets now. Um, will you share with me yours? And Patrick has a very memorable, clever response. You may be an open book, SpongeBob, but I'm a bit more complicated than that. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. a secret stuff too uh i've got my secret socks on (laughs) and my secret gary's bowl my secret tv and my secret tv channel (laughs) what do you think of that patrick patrick Sarah, when you were a kid, did you ever do this where you or a friend would be like, hey, guess what? I have a secret and I'm not telling. I 
was always the other friend. <laughs> and honestly, I still <laughs> yeah. am. I'm like, yeah. hey, you have a secret I gotta know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, We're, why is it so effective? Like, it drives you insane. Because yeah. I just remember being a kid and a friend would do that. And you mm-hmm. would, you'd just be like, you have to tell me. And I gotta know. I swear, most of the time there wasn't even a secret. No, they were they just, just like, mess with you. Yeah. Because uh-huh. we, there is what I, I wrote down in my notes. I was like, there is nothing like a secret. Like, yeah. once, even if once uh-huh. you find it out, it's totally disappointing or it's totally nothing at all, <laughs> which, uh-huh. you know, we'll get there. But I, I mean, right. there's nothing like it. It's so, you have to know. Right. It, it, right. Like, it, it consumes you. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, and especially when you're a kid, which mm-hmm. makes it extra funny, to be honest, because like this episode, I would have just assumed that what we just described was the childhood experience of the writers. But that it was so specific that Derek Dryman had a secret box is like very adorable and seems like <laughs> yeah. something that like one of my nephews would do. And you'd be like, what? You have a mm-hmm. secret? What? Like just because, you know, yeah. like kind of kid logic of like, yeah, it's mine and I have to keep the insides mm-hmm. of it secret, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple lines that I have to shout out that I thought were very funny. Um, I love dancing to loading zone announcements yes. is like one of his secrets, which is very odd. Um, and then we often talk about Sarah, especially when you're on the podcast. Um, I want to say s- sounds that SpongeBob makes. They're, they're lines. They're like in the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he says them in such a catchy cadence that it gets burned into yeah. your, your memory. And you kind can't even. Kind of sing-songy even... sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Sing-songy mm-hmm. is exactly right. And I'm wearing three pairs of underwear right now right is now. one of those for me. <laughs> Don't know why. Didn't know it was in this episode, but. Yeah. Yes. I I was thinking that too, that I remember exactly how that sounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, I, I didn't remember everything from his rant, but mm-hmm. I remembered it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, so it is very yeah. sing-songy. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was another one in this episode too, but if it comes up, I'll, sure. I'll sing it or say it. As right. I- <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Also, I <laughs> did not notice literally until this episode and it's appeared many times, but his TV is a deep sea diving helmet. I have never caught that before. Oh, wow. I, I never caught that either. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it's a really fun, cute detail, but mm-hmm. I can So and when you look I, at it, like yeah. you, next time you look at it, it's straight up is what it's not even like, like it just is a helmet. Yeah. But I just mm-hmm. always assumed that it was just like a nautical looking, I don't mm-hmm. know, but what yeah. were you going to say? Um, I forgot. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I remember what I was going to say. And that's yeah, the, the secret it. channel is so freaking funny. Um, and <laughs> we, at, when I was a kid, um, I, I think maybe one of my grandma's TVs had a channel like this. I knew like the joke when I was a kid, but on our TV, um, I, I saw a tweet one time that was like, uh, I can't remember if it was like making fun of Gen Z or what, but it, or maybe it was just like the real ones remember having to flip it to channel three to play video games. But it was that <laughs> it was channel three was entirely mm-hmm. blue and it was for the um, like AVC or whatever cord mm-hmm. inputs. And you'd plug in either the GameCube or like one of those like handheld Atari games or something into that channel. Uh, mm-hmm. But me and my siblings, we watched a lot of Nick Jr. at that time. Um, and the uh, interstitial commercial breaks always had this character called Face. 
um, oh, yeah. on that channel. And so we would always pretend that channel three was like face, but we'd call it the blue channel. Uh, and we would <laughs> stare at this blue screen and pretend that all blue things were happening. So we'd be like, oh, blue from Blue's Clues is deep sea diving today. And I'm sure our parents were like, what the hell? What are you? You're just staring at a blank screen. But so that's kind it of was weird. your secret channel. It was. It was our secret channel. So I love that. So that's very fun. And mm-hmm. then the other note I have um, from this is just like the the Patrick's laugh is so funny. I had to cut oh. it for time, but the giggle and how long it goes is so good. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about? at the end or yeah at the end here yeah. he lasts for like i, I want to say like seconds, three more beats yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. super good it, it's incredible and you even notice like the little it's not maniacal but it's like this this low yeah. chuckle kind of <laughs> yeah and yeah, he does yeah. it a little bit in the beginning of the episode too and i just uh-huh. i love that i mean i think his laugh is great no matter what uh-huh. but he really he did a great great job on this episode and i mean it's it's a prime patrick episode but totally um yeah yeah it's such a good patrick episode it's Mm -hmm. like so patrick centric it's so fun Mm -hmm. um they get into like a really big fight about um if he can see the contents of the box or not patrick gives such an intense speech about being a witness to this secret um and what a burden (laughs) it is and how it's his burden um but one of the most underappreciated moments from this episode probably is where he's like, it's so secret. No one could know. Not even Not Squidward's even Squidward house. house. <laughs> Smash cut to a wide shot and this like really well animated Squidward's house like curled over and then <laughs> like stands back upright. It's so freaking funny. It's so funny. It It is funnier than it. Like it, it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's way funnier than it has any right to be. <laughs> yes, but. yes, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, I love when he says it's a full time job. I'm constantly on alert. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it's a full time job. Maybe that answers what Patrick does, what does for a job. Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just watches this uh, box. Yeah, just so great. Well, so speaking of underappreciated funny moments that are funnier than they have any right to be, SpongeBob, um, you know, Patrick's giving his little speech and he looks down and the box is gone. Smash cut to SpongeBob running with the box and he slams into like a giant version of of Patrick's belly and bounces off of it. And then they get into this kind of game of tug of war. And in this next clip, I love, love, love the seriousness of what. Uh, 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 like the 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 audible gasp that they have with what happens next with SpongeBob's arms popping off. Perhaps this is too serious, um, but uh, they. It feels to me like somebody has either like like cussed out their mom or like walked in on their spouse cheating on them or something. That is the level of intensity that Patrick does this next line read. Come on, just a peek. So it's come to this. <laughs> and to think we joined the Best Friends Forever Club. I, I love it. The, the drama. You know, right. like, we've seen drama from, from Patrick before. Right. And, and this is like, this is his final episode on the soap. He's like, 
I, I'm leaving you. It comes right. to this. Right. <laughs> I just, it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so yeah. good. Like how centered best friendship is in this episode. And it makes it yeah. a very sweet episode. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, I don't know. It's just so fun. Like, well, and like, I mean the, the trust in their friendship yeah. or whatever. And so like, you don't trust that, like, the, I don't know. Like you don't trust totally. me with your secret. Well, you don't, I can't right. trust you with my box. Like, right. 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 So, yeah. The it, melodrama. It, mm -hmm, the melodrama. Yeah. So good. Shout out to Lord. Shout, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to the Lord, not the and Lord, the just <laughs> both. Shout out to both. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you not? to God for this award. Okay. Um, speaking of uh, melodrama and uh, breaking somebody's trust, SpongeBob very quickly realizes um, that he has um, soiled our friendship garden and apologizes <laughs> to Patrick. So what do you say, buddy? Friends? Friends. What could be in that box that Patrick doesn't want me to see? Maybe it's the world's only albino jellyfish. Or maybe Patrick's a master jewel thief and it's full of diamonds. Or maybe Patrick's a deranged maniac who keeps his victim's severed heads in a box. Or even worse, maybe it's an embarrassing snapshot of me from the Christmas party. <laughs> I gotta find out what's in that secret box. So minor spoilers for the end. <laughs> we never see a photo, an embarrassing photo of SpongeBob at the Christmas party. But I think when I was a kid at some point, I falsely remembered this episode ending with seeing the photo of him in a, oh, a basic yeah. photo. And mm -hmm. so then the next time I watched a rerun of it, I was like, what the heck? They cut out the photo. They took it out. And for mm -hmm. many years, I thought like that that photo existed somewhere and was like, how can I find it? You know, especially because this is before the age of how I like really understood how to do like mm -hmm. deep Google searches and stuff. Um, so this episode really took on like an even deeper meaning because I really identified with SpongeBob's paranoia of like, I know that photo is out there somewhere and I can't <laughs> find it. But I wonder so anyway. if that's a Mandela effect thing, like if other people remember oh, totally. seeing the photo. Yeah. Because uh -huh. I thought yeah, about that's that a too point. for a second, but but I I don't know I I don't right. trust myself enough to totally right, <laughs> to right, think right. that I actually saw it. But right, I love um, it's just the the <laughs> the comparison <laughs> of maybe he's a maniac that keeps his victim <laughs> severed heads in a box or yes. worse. Yes, sir. There's something worse than that. Yeah, yeah, AKA yeah. A photo of you. That is so funny. Uh -huh. it's so this funny. is classic, uh, absurdist <laughs> escalation humor mm -hmm, writing. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah, maybe it's the world's only albino jellyfish. Maybe Patrick's a master jewel thief and it's full of diamonds. <laughs> or maybe Patrick has a or is a deranged maniac who keeps his victim's severed heads in a box. That gets very, very graphic. And then so just so, <laughs> so perfect that it ends with uh, an embarrassing <laughs> snapshot of him. Uh, and I love that he uses the word snapshot too. A family Christmas yeah, that party. They both do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's so funny. Um, I love his, that his face pops out of his back. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. such a cute little device that they use um, for mm -hmm. storytelling. Um, and then I, I had written down this episode is so silly. And now the, the rest of this, the second half of the episode, it's just a heist movie. Now mm -hmm. it's just like a bank robbery, you know, um, um, mission impossible or, um, oceans 11 type heist mm -hmm. film. So what do you think of the second half of this episode, Sarah? It's, I mean, this is really what 
made me excited for you to deep dive into Jeff Hutchins because it's 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 incredible. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> all of the sounds, everything. And plot wise, I was gonna say I really empathize, you know, I I'm a person that stays up late. I really uh-huh. empathize with like needing to be quiet because I live with Uh people and so like tiptoeing around and like making sure you don't wake people up and like Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not you know rummaging through their drawers to find their secrets but right right you know I empathize with (laughs) needing to be quiet and everything (laughs) you do is just so loud so loud (laughs) yeah I can't tell you the number of times I'm trying really hard to be quiet and it ends up making it more loud like Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to quietly like get something out of a bag or move my coat mm-hmm. or something. And yep. And yeah. it's just, yeah, the loudest sound in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So SpongeBob sneaks over. Um, we get like a really cute, like, as he like tiptoes over, puts a, um, uh, like stocking mask over him or whatever. And his face briefly shapes into the, perfect shape of a woman's leg which is a funny stupid throwaway joke that mm-hmm. lasts for like half a second mm-hmm. um and then spongebob sneaks in and it's so cute and so heartbreaking that patrick just has a hanging framed photo of him <laughs> yeah. and spongebob it's so cute in its own right makes it so heartbreaking that you're like he's betraying his trust mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. then of course very on the nose but when the the photo like falls and shatters it breaks in half somehow oh, yeah. um, is so I think it's on his head. it breaks in half on yeah. his head uh, <laughs> yeah so perfect and then of course yeah. he, he catches the nail with his toe throws it back in place um and is like <laughs> i've got to be more quiet so i thought prepping the audio for this i was like oh i like i'll pull these little like you know dialogue bits um and then i'll just pull the part where it's all the sound effects but the sound effects on the front half before he gets to the box literally lasts for two minutes straight. Um, (laughs) So hopefully it's not a disappointment, but I pulled the audio from the second half after he has um, the, the uh, uh, box in hand. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if you haven't watched the episode yet, listeners go back and watch it. It's very slow, but so funny. The amount of noise that each individual step and sweat drop makes Mm-hmm. But I think it's okay because we get a million uh, uh, noises all in 30 seconds um, after SpongeBob gets the box and trips. Is a heavy sleeper. <gasps> Who's there? Who's there? <laughs> uh, it's the clam burglar, <laughs> and he's stealing my secret box. Hand over the good secret box, bandit, and prepare for the most unpleasant pillow fight of your life. <laughs> it's just so funny and so cute. And I forgot to shout out. It's so heavily telegraphed. SpongeBob, when he gets in there, there's just a, like a small pile of potato chips on the floor. And you're like, it couldn't be more obvious that he's about to step on them, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, 
uh, Jeffrey Hutchins very much deserves the award. Mm-hmm. He would have deserved it just for this half. And then that mm-hmm. Band Geeks is so superb as well. Made mm-hmm. it like such a shoe in that he should win the Golden Reel um, for best editing. But anyway, yeah. what do you think of this scene, Sarah? It's hilarious to me. And I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think that award is well-deserved. Um, and I love... I mean, I love Patrick, like, <laughs> just assuming it's this clam burglar we know nothing right. about. Right, and which is informs- just a rhyme with the ham burglar, like, from McDonald's. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And um, his, I love the get ready for the most unpleasant <laughs> pillow fight of your life. And then the on the pillow yeah. is like, I lost mm-hmm. it when I was a kid. It's so, so funny. So funny, yeah. I love yeah. it. And I mm-hmm. also want to shout out Patrick's pajamas are very cute. Yes, but they he's are. still not wearing a shirt, which is hilarious. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> His little hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. Super fun episode. Let's hear how the episode wraps up. Uh, their friendship is completely destroyed. Um, and Patrick May. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Probably he's never going to trust SpongeBob again. No, really, Patrick. Look. <gasps> It is you! How could you do this? If it makes you feel any better, I haven't looked inside. That's it, SpongeBob! You have crossed the line! As of right now, this friendship is over! Uh, really? Nah, you can look inside <laughs> if you really want to. Okay! Oh, this is one of the most exciting moments of my life. Well, here it goes. Huh? Well, didn't I tell you? Isn't it great? It's just a string. A secret string. Boy, when you're right, you're right. That song (laughs) secret box you got there. Yeah, thanks for showing me that. Well, good night, Patrick. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and SpongeBob leaves the house. And that <laughs> is the end of the secret box. I love this mm-hmm. episode. It's five out of five for me. Sarah, what did you think of the secret box? I would also say five out of five. And I would say that the moral is usually secrets aren't as exciting as you think they're going to be. Yes. Once love you find it. them out. Exactly. And and last note I have is just the line read on when you're right, you're right, is very, very good. <laughs> well done. Chef's kiss, Tom Kenny. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, let's throw it to a quick break. And when we come back, discuss the greatest episode of SpongeBob SquarePants ever. <laughs> secret string opening the secret compartment of my secret box revealing one embarrassing snapshot of Spongebob at the Christmas party! (laughs) Merry Christmas, Spongebob! You're about to see the silliest thing ever said on television. What's the matter? You can't see my forehead. This show's not only cuckoo, it's super duper cuckoo maluku. Hinga dinga bargain. Inflatable pants, exploding soap, and bad dental hygiene. A half hour with SpongeBob is like 30 minutes with square pants. SpongeBob? You may think you won't tune in. But you will. You will. 
SpongeBob SquarePants Sundays at 10. Part of your Sunday lineup. with the pet hospital down the street, and I understand you have a dying animal on the premises. <laughs> Hello. You've reached the house of unrecognized talent. Please start after the... <laughs> Sounds as though you've got a dying animal to attend to, eh, old chum? <gasps> Squill, young fancy son from band class? <laughs> Literally not even 30 seconds in, and I'm already laughing very hard. So <laughs> Welcome back to Absorbing <laughs> Yellow for the, my favorite episode of SpongeBob SquarePants ever. I would argue it's the best episode ever. Band Geeks, this episode was written by C.H. Greenblatt, Aaron Springer, Meriwether Williams, with special musical guest David Glenn Isley. Sarah, what do you think of Band Geeks? You know, Sam, I did write at the very top of my notes, one of the best episodes of all time yeah. of, of TV. I, I would Absolutely. say of TV. Yeah. And I think, you know, the very first episode I was on, I, I was under pressure and couldn't pick my favorite mm -hmm. episode, mm -hmm. my favorite SpongeBob episode of all time. Mm -hmm. And I think I have to say it's this one. No way. What? I really do. And, and watching it again, I was like, I really think it is. And I could go on and on and on, but yeah. it is, I think, perhaps the best episode yeah. of SpongeBob. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so perfect in every way. And I think that mm -hmm. the best parts of this episode get pulled for the SpongeBob movie, too, which I guess we'll mm -hmm. talk about later. Um, mm -hmm. But it, yeah, it's just so amazing. And you would say that season one is your favorite season, correct? Overall? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just love, again, just a testament to how good this episode is that Sarah, her favorite season could be season one, but favorite episode be season two mm -hmm. fan geeks and this comes mm -hmm. up so much of like you know like if, if everybody could they would uh be on band geeks i'm sure um mm -hmm. but unfortunately they can't especially hunter sorry hunter shouts out to hunter just kidding um and i will reiter reiterate again that it was not sarah's fault but my fault for cross scheduling anyway <laughs> um so yeah this this episode is am amazing uh, i have in my notes i immediately recognize that clarinet song that I think because mm -hmm. I've seen this episode so many times, I'm sure mm -hmm. that um, when SpongeBob came to Netflix in high school and I kind of first started going through my like, I think I'm realizing that SpongeBob is my favorite show ever, even years mm. removed now. I'm sure mm -hmm. that this was probably the first episode I went to to watch. Um it's so good. This episode, it, Squidward in it feels so much like the Tentacle Acres um, Squidville episode, which makes sense. Same writers, mm -hmm. same main character. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just such a sweet episode for like getting the entire town together, making it feel like Bikini Bottom is this really big, really full, really colorful um, environment yeah. for all of our characters. And mm -hmm. of course, we have to shout out 
Squilliam Fancyson, such a good foil <laughs> to Squidward. This is mm-hmm. his first appearance in the show's history um, in such a clever way. I mean, like we said in Trivia Clock, Trivia Clock, that, you know, they tried getting a, 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 a rival for SpongeBob. It makes me wonder, was it going to be another fry cook? Was it going to be bubble bass? You know, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's perfect that it's that it's Squidward's rival. And you've just yeah. feel so bad for Squidward this entire yeah. episode, mm-hmm. which makes the ending so freaking good. Yes. One other note. As we get into this episode, I need to say for the listener and for me and Sarah, and I think that this will be uh, awesome. I don't think that this is an I'm sorry thing, but I normally try to pull six-ish, one-minute-ish clips from each episode. I think I probably pulled 90% of this episode because it's just too good. There is no fluff in this episode. So I apologize (laughs) and you're welcome to both Sarah and the listeners for how much we're going to hear of this episode. But... (laughs) Let's hear um, the setup of uh, the conflict of this episode. Hold it! It just so happens that I don't sell fast food. I do have a band, and we're gonna play that bubble ball. How do you like that, fancy boy? Good luck next Tuesday. I hope the audience brings lots of ibuprofen. (laughs) (laughs) So since we're going to have so many uh, clips and and normally I kind of like talk to you like, then this happens, then this happens. I think probably Mm -hmm. what will work best for this episode is we just, you know, talk as we go as if we're giving like a live commentary. But yeah, yeah. thoughts on the rivalry between Squilliam and this setup that Squidward's gotten himself into? Um, I I think you're right that Squilliam is like the perfect foil. Mm -hmm. I also, I mean, from what we know about Squidward, Obviously, like, he would love to play music more. He was in band class. He tries to play the clarinet. It doesn't always work out. Mm -hmm. Um, So he has all these dreams. And to have this, like, rich friend with such a luscious unibrow who, you know, has a band and, (laughs) you know, all these things. It's like, oh, that could have been me. So I I empathize with Squidward, actually, just being... um, a person that went to music school, but I'm mm. not doing music. Yeah, and yeah. so I, <laughs> uh-huh. it's like, I'm not, you know, playing the cash register, but right. if I was, you know, I've worked at different, you know, I've, everyone, totally. you know, not everyone becomes a famous music- musician. They think they'll be. Right. Um, so I, love the setup to this episode and i i think squilliam is a hilarious character i think his voice is great mm-hmm. i actually don't know who voices him i think this is just off the top of my head but i think that it's uh billy d williams um okay squilliam voice i'm googling it right now oh frick i can use it finally oh, i didn't have it ready uh this is the the official whenever we're googling something on the air uh uh sound clip okay because I can't just say it, I have to back up what I'm saying. Squilliam, voice, actor, Billy D. Williams. That's the guy from Star Wars. D. Bradley Baker. So I was correct, but I said completely the wrong name. Yes, D. Bradley Baker. I think Billy D. Williams plays Lando Carlissian, maybe? That could be completely wrong, too, but I'm not going to back that up. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, he's so good. He plays a bunch of background characters. Uh, I think he maybe showed up in season two first. And then um, oh. the one that I always remember him for is um, Perch Perkins. He plays Perch Perkins specifically in the SpongeBob movie. Perch Perkins here. Um, mm. And then he's done a million other cartoons. But he does such a good kind oh. of impression of Squidward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that just like, yeah, makes you hate him. 
And it's so yep. good. He's such a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we get a couple great uh, jokes, like band humor jokes in this. And the first one comes when Squidward mm-hmm. says, looks like I'm going to have to drum up a band. <laughs> band humor. So that's very great. <laughs> and I love that. Um, but I very, very much love the poster that he puts together and how what a clever storytelling device it is to yes. explain what we're doing in this episode, but mm-hmm. also um, show the wide diverse cast that we're going to have for this one episode. Looking to add fulfillment to your dull, dull life? Then become part of the greatest musical sensation ever to hit Bikini Bottom. And be forever adored by thousands of people you don't know. Not to mention free refreshments. Practice begins tonight, 8.30 sharp. Stupid music rental clerk made me late. That trilobite didn't know an oboe from an elbow. (laughs) Elbow. More band humor. (laughs) People, people, settle down. Okay, now, how many of you have played musical instruments before? Do instruments of torture count? (laughs) No. Is mayonnaise an instrument? (laughs) No, Patrick, mayonnaise is not an instrument. Horseradish is not an instrument either. <laughs> okay, so last last segment, I said that, you know, intermechanations of my mind are an enigma. was very, very funny the first time, but doesn't quite get, like, the same laugh out of me. Uh, mayonnaise is not an instrument still to this day. I, like, bust a gut over it. It's so funny. Uh, and horseradish. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's got to be... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I'm willing to wager that that's oh, in the so top funny. three lines that most people know from SpongeBob, you know? Yes, I would I would 100% guess that. Um, Sarah, do you know what a trilobite is? No, but did you say it at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> yeah, I did. Partly because okay, I couldn't, I forgot to think of like a clever intro, but so I, that was on the front of my mind. A trilobite, this is such a fun, nerdy uh, marine joke, but a, a trilobite, I guarantee you've seen pictures of them. Um, they're a uh, prehistoric crustacean, um, uh-huh. and there's tons of fossils of them. I, uh-huh. I'm i sure you can look up why. I'm sure there's a reason why, but they're just super easy to, or they were super easy to uh, preserve. Um, there was trilobites in the episode um, SB129. That's what I was going to guess. They're flying in the air, kind of. I think so, yeah. Or in they, the they, water. Yeah, they look kind of like creepy crawly. But So okay. it's just such a s- silly joke of like, rather than saying like, you know, like if you're t- insulting an old person, you say like that yeah. dinosaur. Brandy mm-hmm. says like that trilobite didn't yeah. know. It's like such a rude insult, but so specific to marine biology. Yeah, I love it. And then also uh, knowing the difference between an elbow and an elbow is also just a very funny joke in its own right. Yeah, um, I do appreciate the band humor and the yeah. band puns. <laughs> There's so many good band puns. I also appreciate, um, and it makes sense because it same writers as Squidville. They're like blah 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 blah. It's like yeah. the exact same type of joke as when mm-hmm. uh, SpongeBob and Patrick call Squidward now that he's like moved from Bikini yeah. Bottom, and they're like, yeah. and then it cuts to them talking to each other. And it's just like <laughs> such a stupid joke, but it's so effective and so it funny. Is, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, like you said, there's really not fluff in this episode. Like it's it's banger after banger. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, well, mm-hmm. um, 
speaking of no fluff. Okay, try to repeat after me. <sighs> Brass section, go. Good. Now the wind. And the drums. <laughs> Too bad that didn't kill me. I don't know what to say other than I just I feel bad for Squidward and it's very cute like he's like now I understand I think here it's where he says like I understand many of you have no talent but fortunately I have enough talent for, for like, all of us all or whatever us. and he like <laughs> finds that really funny it's not even really a pun right like it's just right no yeah <laughs> Sometimes he does make bad jokes just in general, but I appreciate some of them in this episode. I love that he says, too bad that didn't kill me. Like, that's so classic Squidward. (laughs) Just wanting to be not in Uh Bikini Bottom, not in his life, not in this situation. Uh Um, And I, I mean, I love the horrifying (laughs) playing like it's just so it's not even a scale it's not even Uh anything (laughs) but it um it reminds me so much of music man oh yeah like just i don't think i've ever watched it in its entirety to be honest i mean really just like a small town this guy kind of coming Mm -hmm. into the town like trying to scam these people essentially, but he ends up creating <laughs> yeah. like a community band of all yeah. these young boys that don't know how to do anything. Yeah. And like he, he has no so, idea what yeah. he's doing either. And it's just uh-huh. like the town really rallies around it, but it yeah. really turns out not so great. But at uh-huh. the very end, it turns out great. So yeah, it is so very good. music man. <laughs> totally. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the concept of like undeserving small town rallying around and pulling through at the end is like so heartwarming. <laughs> Um, and the episode is just so funny that it's almost like you don't even notice what they're doing, but they're just building up and building up and building up how unprepared and <laughs> hopeless Squidward and the rest of Bikini Bottom as a band are. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. so good. It's so funny. Many episodes um, are have like very funny, like hard cuts. Uh, and this episode nails the hard cut better than anything, especially with like the hard cut day two like all those um but this scene is a perfect microcosm of what i'm talking about because like Mm. you know often they escalate a joke and they'll start with like two you know like uh kind of funny things usually like a normal thing a silly thing and then a really silly thing you know but the first two are like kind of eye rolly or whatever with this the way that they escalate it's already really funny like that that they can't do it but then the hard cut to <laughs> it's so funny and i think one of the reasons why anybody could enter like this episode with no knowledge of spongebob and be like this is really really funny and really effective anyway let's yeah. hear um now it's time for the kicking let's just try stepping in rhythm now i want everyone to stand in straight rows of five is this the part where we start kicking no spongebob <laughs> that's a chorus line Kicking? Oh, I want to do some kicking. Why you? What? <laughs> Whoever's the owner of the white sedan, you left your lights on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 
Why is this scene so funny, Sarah? <laughs> the the time they take. I will always be a fan of the time that they take for a joke. Like, uh-huh. and and the utilization of Patrick to say yes. what in the world? Like to say things that you have no, like he has no business saying. And like, yeah. <laughs> who has a sedan? Like, right. I, I just someone love that. drives it's a white <laughs> sedan in bikini bottom. <laughs> Oh gosh. And and putting like of course Sandy would find a way to stuff his starfish <laughs> body into a trumpet because or a trombone because she's yeah. so annoyed with him. Like uh-huh. I just it's so unexpected. They take the time with it and then the slide coming out like the sound of the slide coming out of his mouth is just I, oh to be gosh. a fly on the wall when that's pitched like yeah i'm crying oh it's so gosh. funny it is I'm losing so it. funny it is peak spongebob humor i'd say peak humor in general it's oh so my gosh great. i have the giggles i'm like getting warm i'm getting sweaty like mr Krabs. <laughs> It's so funny. And they utilize so well. Yeah, like you're saying, Patrick, but I think also just the characters and the relationships that they've established up to this point. It's Mm -hmm. funny in its own right. Okay, so this is one of the reasons why this is the perfect, not just a perfect, this is the perfect episode of SpongeBob. Because for the fans, it utilizes all the characters perfectly. But for Mm -hmm. um, anybody entering in for the first time, it's... A, really, really funny in its own right. You don't need mm-hmm. to know anything, but B, mm-hmm. you get who the characters are based on this episode alone. Yes. The only reason that I maybe wouldn't use this as the first like intro episode for someone is just because SpongeBob isn't the main character. But other mm-hmm. than that, like in this one scene, you observe um, how clueless um, um, Patrick is, uh, how he has no regard for Sandy <laughs> or respect for Sandy, that Sandy has no patience for Patrick's bullcrap. Um, and then just the, yeah, insane timing, like, it feels like a joke out of like the Simpsons or Family Guy or something. How just like understated and stupid, like you know the the very slow trotting, and then yeah, they mm-hmm. spend so much time on the joke. And then we've given so many shout outs to the writer's ability to um, celebrate the mundane. I don't know mm-hmm. if there is a better celebration of the mundane than just the. A, inappropriately timed, but B, incredibly boring statement of, to the owner of the white sedan, <laughs> you left your lights on. It's just mm-hmm. chef's kiss perfection. Yeah, that is an, in- an incredible way of explaining why <laughs> this episode works so well. Yeah. And like why it's the one people remember, like people who don't love SpongeBob know this episode. Uh-huh. Or yeah. like they can yeah. remember, you know, even one line from it or they at least remember the finale or like you know right. the last scene right. um so i i think you're right on on the nose with that yeah it's so just, good it's perfect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the other things i love about this episode is it almost has like a documentary feel like fly yes. on the wall like we're just observing this band forming and stuff yes. you know i yeah. was thinking that too i was wondering why that was but like Maybe with the hard cuts and also right. with like, I mean, then we cut to like, 
you know, Plankton learning his solo or, you know, like we're going character by character a little bit. And Uh yeah, I think that's exactly what it feels like. It it actually really reminds me of this um, like rockumentary, mockumentary Mm. that they do on Even Stevens. Oh, yeah. It's like towards the end i think it's their second or third season like it's it's later yeah. on um and all the characters are established so you know like but that would be one that i would recommend people watching right. to establish the characters as well so i don't yeah. know it's yeah. great it's mm-hmm. so good i love it so much so speaking of documentary feel uh let's see how day two goes day two and oh my gosh like i didn't cut the audio clip short there that's just when the scene ends and i can see in my mind's eye of course the explosion and everything but squidward spongebob and and i think mr krabs take their hats off in respect and close their eyes and squidward just blank face lies down on his side and curls into the fetal fetal position position. exactly it's so freaking good i remember this scene feeling like uncomfortably dark to me like it felt like I, this is I mean, it's got to be one of the darkest scenes in the first three seasons. Yes. Um, and then that just there just happens to be I'm sure that like episodes like this are what gave me my warped sense of humor that concerned my mom mm. so much. Um, but that there just happens to be a blimp and blimps are not that common, by the way. I no. heard a fact recently about how few there's something like 29 blimps in the world still active today. <laughs> but a blimp, which has an anchor tied to it, by the way, which is cute, um, just happens to be there and explodes. It's just so perfect. I love the scene. Uh, a blimp under the sea. Wow. <laughs> right. yeah. The, yeah. The the placement of taps. Yes. I mean, could not yeah. be funnier. Could not be funnier. Yeah. And, and and now you can play. Now you can freaking play the right. trumpet perfectly. So yeah. funny. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just and losing people left and right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and just like a documentary, it has such like a clever way of showing progression. They're just these little snapshots, but you're like, it's not going well. And then Mm -hmm. shouts out once again to Jeffrey Hutchins. Like, of course, the the instruments and stuff are so good, Um, like Mm -hmm. the uh, sound work that he did on them. But you could, you know, underappreciate like the how good the rocket sounds like the airplane sound of them taking off the explosion yes. sound is so mm-hmm. overstated mm-hmm. i love it so much Me okay too. day three how's that harmonica solo coming plankton it's tremendous you want to see <laughs> Day four. Well, this is our last night together before the show. 
And I know that you haven't improved since we began. <laughs> but I have a theory. People talk loud when they want to act smart, right? Correct! So if we play loud, people might think we're good. Everybody ready? And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three, four. Oh my gosh, it, it's so funny. I mean, I, I love him having like the slightest glimmer of hope that if we yeah. play loudly, maybe it'll work. Uh-huh. And then he's completely like, never mind. What if we right. play so quietly that no one can hear? <laughs> yeah, it's so exactly. Classic Squidward. And I mean, Patrick gnawing on his trombone, or I don't know what instrument yeah. he's, he's chewing on. He looks like prehistoric <laughs> Patrick, right? Yes, like, he does. You like see his gums and everything? Exactly, yeah. Um, and plankton screaming like it's just correct i quote that a lot and no one ever knows what i'm what i'm quoting well that is a little bit of a deep cut even though right so much of this is quotable like i don't uh, i i like that idea start using that um yeah what do you think of this scene i love it yeah i mean it's just perfect i mean yeah those are pretty much the notes i had patrick looks like prehistoric and then uh plankton's correct it's just so <laughs> Great. And I love it. Also, um, I, um, yeah. in, I think maybe in the next scene, I was thinking about this, that, well, you know what? I'll wait till the next scene. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll play it right now. Well, maybe we wouldn't sound so bad if some people didn't try to play with big meaty claws. What did you say, punk? Big meaty Claws! Well, these claws ain't for just attracting mates. Bring it on, old man! Bring it on! No, people. Let's be smart and bring it off. Oh, so now the talking cheese is gonna preach to us. Wait, wait! I know tensions are high. Class is over. Okay. And we get Squidward just lets them know, just really lays it on thick. Like, <sighs> I, like, I, I can't remember the exact wording, but he's just like, well, you did it. You crushed my spirit or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so good. SpongeBob's dry mm-hmm. voice, like, is so silly. Come on, mm-hmm. people! Let's call it off. It's so <laughs> His first line in the episode, I think. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> just funny. <laughs> yeah, and then um, uh, Squidward yelling over all the violence. There's a deposit on the equipment, people. It's just like so funny. And and <laughs> there, the only other note I have here is uh, there's a really subtle snap zoom on the door as they're like walking towards it, and it slams open, and it it, it to make it like almost feel like a documentary. It's really mm-hmm. really clever. Yeah, I like that. I I remember, like, I feel like this is every band or choir teacher ever or, <laughs> yeah. like, someone that works with kids because uh-huh. I have felt this working with kids where it's like, 
you are such a disappointment, but you can't yeah. say that. But you're also totally. like, I cannot believe all of you. Like I I'm very disappointed right now, yeah. <laughs> whatever his monologue is. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I specifically remember like being in choir and having one of my old choir teachers say like, <laughs> you know, don't even bother showing up tomorrow, which I think Squidward actually says yeah. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember one of my teachers being like, you know, I'm going to go over to this other school where kids actually want to learn music Woof. and they actually want to sing. Yeah. And um, she came back and she didn't do that. She just went to Sonic and grabbed a Dr. Pepper, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> which was very funny, wow. but, but it made us feel bad enough yeah. to like actually get our act together. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, very, I love that so much. just, it's very, very real in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of monsters are we? That poor creature came to us in his hour of need, and we failed him. Squidward's always been there for us when it was convenient for him. Evelyn, when your little Jimmy was trapped in a fire, who rescued him? A fireman. And Larry, when your heart gave out from all those tanning pills, who revived you? Some guy in an ambulance. Right! So if we all could just pretend that Squidward was a fireman or some guy in an ambulance, then I'm sure we could all pull together and discover what it truly means to be in a marching band. Yeah! For the firemen! Now let's make Squidward proud. Come on! There's just too much to say about this scene, Sarah. So much to say. <laughs> it's so heartwarming. And, oh gosh, it's so insane that as heartwarming as this scene was, it's not even the most heartwarming scene of the episode. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's so perfect. Like, off the top of my head, I think that all of SpongeBob's lines so far have been, um, is this the part where we do the kicking? Uh, we saw him on the percussion instruments, uh, not say anything, but just like, you know, try to play mm -hmm. his drumstick. Um, and then of course the, um, he's right people, let's be calm and call it up or whatever. <laughs> um, and so this is the point of the episode where he enters in. Of mm -hmm. course it would be SpongeBob. That's like, what kind of monsters are we? That's <laughs> yes. like, we tore Squidward's heart out and this is horrible and we mm -hmm. all should care. And in reality, and the characters kind of hint at this. Squidward doesn't have really any redeeming traits that everybody should <laughs> feel bad, you know, of like, yeah. we have yeah. to come through for this lie that Squidward told. But mm -hmm. of course, and this is just like so, so sweet. SpongeBob would be the one person to see the softy underneath, like the hard mm -hmm. shell of Squidward. Um even though I think technically because he's a squid, that's the opposite of how his body works. But like the <laughs> to see the softy underneath him that like, I don't think he knows specifically that Squidward was like bullied by Squilliam Fancy Sin, but he mm -hmm. can like sense it in him and is like, SpongeBob sees everybody as like deserving of love and respect, mm. even like jerks like Squidward. And he's like, mm -hmm. we have to help Squidward out. And he like falsely thinks like Squidward would help me out in my hour of need, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then just like such a, such funny lines, like, mm -hmm. you know, like who helped uh, your son when he was hurt? I love uh, <laughs> who resuscitated you when your heart gave out from taking too many tanning <laughs> pills. Many tanning. <laughs> it's so specific. It's so dark. But anyway, what do you think of this scene? 
I I love it. It is very specific in the, you know, he's addressing some fish we don't know too. He's like, yeah, blah, 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 when you're little Evelyn, when you're little Jimmy, it's like, oh my gosh, we yeah. don't know these people, but totally. we, we feel it. Like we totally. feel what you mean. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I love <laughs> that it yeah it is showing clearly he doesn't that squidward doesn't have redeeming qualities because like if you could just pretend <laughs> that maybe uh, he was one yeah. of these guys that did something heroic he was always there for all... us when it was convenient for him <laughs> and you know and sometimes for people that's all they can do but uh-huh. um i also i love i always 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 say a one a two a skiddly diddly do i say that too it's so good <laughs> And it just comes up, I guess, like in music stuff, but also just in life. So mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. love that. It, it is a very, I agree though. It is a heartwarming scene, but it's not like the most heartwarming scene. Yeah. It's not what will make me tear up. And honestly, totally. it does make me tear up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Oh, it's so good. And, yeah. and, and SpongeBob's delivery at the very end of like, mm-hmm. Let's see if we can find out what it really means to be in a marching band and the music <laughs> swelling up behind him. It feels like yeah. such like, I don't know, like Red October Sky, like a period piece high school drama about a small town yeah. that comes together. Yes. And like even like Mighty Ducks-esque almost. Yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. like, we can do it. Ducks fly together. You know, like it's <laughs> Goonies just, like it's our time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Goonies never say die. You yes. know. Yeah, it's our time. It's so <laughs> that like makes me laugh even just hearing it because it's such like a stupid line, but it's, it's yeah. so good. I love it so much. Yeah. Okay, so this next scene, um, Squidward, it's so heartbreaking already, <laughs> even though you're kind of on the edge of your seat, like, what are they yeah. going to do? SpongeBob's mm-hmm. going to pull something together, you know? Um, and yeah, he's like, well, I guess they'll just have to find another marching band, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he's already done this a little bit uh, earlier in the episode when he's like, Squilliam Benson, um on the phone. But mm-hmm. uh, to, to the listeners, listen and appreciate how... Squidward, he he. It's it starts out as just like exclamations, but he gives like complete um um. What's the word? Uh, uh, not exhibition. When you're explaining the plot, exposition. He gives oh, like yeah. a complete exposition <laughs> while screaming and just observing what's happening. You know. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, let's listen to uh, uh, Squidward getting ready for the worst day of his life. I just hope that Squilliam doesn't find us. Squilliam, ah! what are you doing here? <laughs> I just wanted to watch you blow it. So, where's your band? Uh, they couldn't come. They died. Then who's that? <laughs> We're ready to perform, Squidward. Well, Squiddy, this is exactly how I pictured your band would look. That's his eager face. (laughs) That's got to be one of the most iconic lines, right? Yes. That's his eager face. (laughs) 
and probably one of the most iconic like i've seen it in gifts or yeah. like it's on twitter or you know uh-huh. it's all over the place and i love when he says they couldn't come they died <laughs> yeah 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 i forgot to shout out before this um when he's like telling them what a letdown they are he's like i'll just have to tell them that you died in a marching accident and then he commits to it but he he's like not super confident he's like they um <laughs> died <laughs> like and and then and i i i even though i told the listeners to listen for it i i forgot um to like pay attention but he said something to the or he screamed something to the effect like then who's that over there ah that would be my band, would be my I think band. That's exactly what he says yeah yeah it's so funny uh the way that he's screaming everything yeah and i you know i don't remember the time and place when i first saw this but i remember the feeling I, like I, I remember the episode the first time I watched it, and um, SpongeBob's eager face, the dance that he's doing, made me laugh <laughs> so hard because you can just see that SpongeBob is so. And oh my gosh, it's gonna make me tear up <laughs> just thinking about this. SpongeBob is so giddy he can't contain how excited <laughs> he is to make somebody mm-hmm. else's day to do yeah. something well. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's such a good episode. It's it's a perfect episode. <laughs> Yeah. So undoubtedly they're about to fail, right? And I'm sure that when yes. I first watched this episode, I probably thought the ending it, it's going to be funny, but it's going to be, you know, I I probably thought that it would work out in some way in the end, uh mm-hmm. even if it was in like everything falling apart, but I imagine I probably thought like this is going to explode in their face and something mm-hmm. ironic is going to happen. But I Yeah, absolutely... and it'll be funny, but it won't necessarily like <laughs> redeem anyone or like make Squidward Mm -hmm. feel better or whatever because we're kind of used to episodes ending where Squidward kind of gets the short end of the stick or like gets what he Uh deserves or whatever and he did lie about this so like maybe in an alternate ending it could have blown up and kind of been funny but absolutely yeah yeah, I think like but, dying for pie, we see Squidward, uh, his heart ripped out, but it ends with him literally like exploding, you know, mm-hmm. um, Squidville ends with like kind of a happy ending, but it mostly like kind of doesn't wrap up. SpongeBob and Patrick are just like Squidward, Squidward, and you just see him like flying off in the distance and you don't get like a resolution, you know, but mm-hmm. this one ends so beautifully with Squidward like, ah, I, I won't. You know, quote unquote, spoil (laughs) it. But anyway, do you have any other thoughts before we get into the best ending of the best episode of the best show ever? No, let's let's get into it. some ugly looking fish maybe we're near one of those toxic waste dumps i think i'm gonna be sick okay everybody <laughs> let's get this over with one two three four Sacrifice their will. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a, a surprise special guest. I, I'm i just here to say, I feel like I'm always the naysayer on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like for this is the one time that I'm like, this is the perfect episode. Nothing needs to change. <laughs> I didn't even have to like rewatch it. I was like, oh, like, hell yeah. <laughs> I love that episode. And every, yes. like, you know, like frame for frame, line for line. Mm-hmm. It's like it's such an icon song too so just wanted to come on here and tell you know everyone that I don't hate Spongebob and that this is truly like the most perfect episode mm-hmm. of any mm-hmm. like show ever written so do, oh yes do you have any thoughts on um, um Squidward and like the, the the happy ending that he gets it's very cute I like the still yes mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. all yeah okay that's okay yeah. <laughs> do you have any questions for Sarah anything I don't know if you guys have ever actually met Morgan Sarah Sarah Morgan I think we met on the internet. I think we oh, did. <laughs> <laughs> but well. yeah. No, really happy about this. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. I was like half asleep when you called me oh, in here. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just for for everyone to know, I do like this show and this is good. So I don't think anybody thought that you didn't like it, but I'm glad. Is this well, your favorite episode too? Yeah. Okay. We're all in agreement. The trifecta. Yes. The... It's truly like the best. Yeah. Of the it's best. a perfect episode, isn't it? There's it's a perfect wrong episode. With it. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite line from the episode? It's mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Yeah. Okay. Probably that one. Excellent. But anyway, I'm going to go watch Emma Chamberlain and fall asleep. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, see y'all later. Have a sweet victory with this podcast. Thank you. See you, Morgan. <laughs> Bye. I'm, I'm clapping for you. Here's yeah. my applause. The, the applause. Everybody give it up for Morgan. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Thank you, Morgan, for joining us. Um, yeah, this ending is just so perfect. And like it sounds so good. Um, but this truly is one that you have to like go back and watch. And even like mm-hmm. we were driving in a car last night and um I like pulled it up on YouTube on my phone and I was showing it to Morgan. I'm like, no, you have to like just watch it and appreciate it with it with me. And like mm-hmm. sure enough, you know, like uh like Morgan said, she she does not, you know, dislike SpongeBob or anything, but I certainly mm-hmm. um it's it's much easier for me to just like stop and watch any scene. But even this one, she just like has to stop and stare at and like because it's so good. The visuals mm-hmm. on this are so good. Obviously, yeah. so, like, funny, which we can get into, like, the little details. But specifically, like, you really see the emotion on Squidward's face. And if there's mm-hmm. anything to make you cry, it's, like, the realization on his face mm-hmm. of, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to work out. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Sarah? Um, well, first of all, I love that Morgan wanted to come on just to say that. Because I, I do think, like... I don't think she's a naysayer. I, right. I think she loves SpongeBob and celebrates it a lot. Right, but right. I, I just that this episode, like across the spectrum of people mm-hmm. that like, you know, whether they love SpongeBob or don't like that, this episode hits people different. It just hits different or yeah, whatever it does. they say. Yeah. Whatever they say. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I wanted to say, I love the concept of a bubble bowl. Like they could have just yeah. been like totally. at the weird stadium, you uh-huh. know, like where they have the frag cook games or whatever, but like right. they literally are playing a halftime show right. at a, a 
above right <laughs> on earth on land yeah <laughs> on land yeah um and it's so funny how disgusting they find the humans yes it's a, it's already funny like these are weird looking fish that would have been a funny enough line uh, alone and then oh gosh this episode's so good i just like want to <laughs> gush about literally every single scene like how close the quote-unquote camera is on them feels so documentary you know what i mean of like it's a really close up oh it just feels like a movie like the dramatic angles and stuff and yes i when they yeah when mr crab says i think i'm gonna be sick which also might be one of his only lines too i yeah, don't remember uh-huh. his other lines but right, right, right. it yeah, I think um, I was thinking about this earlier that this episode probably could stand alone like and it does feel like a movie. I think that's probably why is that it it feels so standalone and feels so like, um, yeah, like anyone could watch it coming into the series knowing nothing. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all of it is perfect. And then we get into like the perfect song, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it is so perfect. And it's so funny. Like, okay, so for one thing, when I was a kid and the first time I saw this, I assumed that the bubble bowl, because they talk about the bubble bowl as if that's hard to say, um, as if, (laughs) yeah, as if it's like uh, just a real thing. They don't like, they're not like the bubble bowl. That's the halftime that half of all the bikini bottles. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, And Squidward kind of like exclaims like the bubble bowl, like as if we're supposed to know what that is too. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I just assumed that it was going to be, you know, I don't know if I knew that it would be a halftime show, but I assumed, you know, bowl maybe implies that it will be a halftime show, but I assume it would be at the Bikini Bottom Zoo at that stadium Mm -hmm. or at the Poseidome or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, And so, so unexpected and freaking incredible that it's just like for no apparent reason in the middle of an actual human you know (laughs) and the football fans are so freaking out it like kind of is like a ribbing of both humans in general i guess yes and also like football in general because they're just like "Ah," losing their minds you know like at anything anything could be happening and they're just like crying together and stuff um (laughs) and it's just so good and i always assumed when i was a kid that Sweet Victory must be like a real song, you know, because I just assume it must be something I missed on the radio. Absolutely. Or something from the 80s that I never heard. Yeah, totally. Because at this time, I'm like learning these different 80s songs for the first time anyway. Um, And so, you know, like Eye of the Tiger, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the Bon Jovi song is that I can't remember off the top Uh, of my head. Living on a Prayer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like I probably heard this and just assumed that this was one of those songs. And so to later in life learn, no, 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 this was, it was written and immediately sold to APM music. And it's just like royalty free music that companies mm-hmm. not like Nickelodeon. And like, it would be these writers the the like probably the weirdest and, and funniest writers on the show, Aaron Springer and Carl Greenblatt um, that would find that song and be like, Oh my gosh, this is so epic mm-hmm. and funny we have to use this one completely yeah. pivot you know which is why that article i sent you that apm music put out themselves in i think it was before that super bowl show um just when the uh, petition had been made yeah. i was kind of laughing at how kind of cute and self-aggrandizing their description was they say on, on their website sweet victory was composed well before the spongebob squarepants series and was first recorded on idea 88 
uh, using digital tape in 1996. At the time, it was one of the rare production tracks with vocals that could be described as quote-unquote radio-ready. This song, in the APM music catalog, captivated the producers of SpongeBob, who then licensed it and, as rumor has it, decided to write the Band Geeks episode around the song. Bob and David were not immediately aware of its placement in the episode. Those are the writers. I saw those kind of cute. I guess rereading it, it's not totally inaccurate, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I think, even funnier when you know they did not write the episode around the song at all. They wrote the episode like this episode changed so many times of we're going to have a rivalry episode for SpongeBob. And then partway through, they're like, this isn't working. Let's do Squidward instead. What could it be about? OK, he plays clarinet. It can be about music all the way up to like they're totally going to play like a really amazing marching band, you know, finale at the end to then that at the 11th hour, they find this song and put it in. And then this mm-hmm. is really, really cute. Um, this is a quote from one of the song's writers, um, David. It says, my jaw fell to the floor, um, said David, when his daughter ran out from her bedroom shouting, <laughs> dad, your voice is coming out of SpongeBob. <laughs> that is so sweet. and so cute. It's yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure I'll think of that quote. more thoughts, but do you have any other thoughts about this ending, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I could probably talk about this song for forever, but um, uh-huh. I think what, I don't know, like thinking of it musically, the yeah. way it starts, it has like this minor, I mean, it literally mm. starts in a minor key mm-hmm. and it, um, you know, starts with this piano line and just every, all of the um, the visual of the kind of seas parting every, you know, yeah. parts and it's just Spongebob. <laughs> and when oh up gosh. until this point, we haven't had any songs that Spongebob sings that it's not Spongebob singing. Right. Totally. Yeah. So like this is the first time he, his voice is someone uh-huh. else's or he's singing with someone yeah. else's voice. And yeah. like, Holy crap. Like it's almost this Michael Bolton type voice, but like, right. really, like it's this rock anthem. And, right. and like, this is going to be epic. You can tell from the get, like this is going to be epic. Uh-huh. Um, and seeing Pat, or seeing Plankton play at the beginning is yes. hilarious too. Yeah, I had that in my notes. The like, <laughs> yeah. da, 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 and he's yes. so serious. It kind of gives you a taste of like, whoa, what is this? This is like, this, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's so yes. small on his tiny little keyboard. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cute. But I think other than um, like, that's what friends do or doing the sponge, like right. those were songs that, you know, aren't like in the typical, totally. or they're not, um, not like a stove is a stove, right? Like they're outside songs, but Uh they were written for the show. And this one, like, I think you're so right that of course these writers would find like the perfect song and, and, but yeah, that it just kind of happened by accident and that it worked really well. But I do, um, I think there are a lot of things that make this song great. And I love that, um, there's like, tension in the pre-chorus so like yeah. I, I don't know the words that they sing i can't remember the lyrics the winner but, takes all um <laughs> it's yeah, the thrill of one yeah. more kill <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but so you kind of expect for them to like continue going on in the verse oh, but yeah, then, yeah yeah but then people um i think during the pre-chorus there's mm-hmm. like people yours start for the taking is that um oh yeah 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 i don't know what the words are but um oh, I, I'm I should an idiot. i've had them in front of me the entire time oh this, what are the, the article i was reading the, uh the winner takes all it's a thrill one more kill the last one to fall 
will never sacrifice their will. And Patrick, we have to yeah. shout out, which of course, <laughs> Carl Greenblatt said that was his favorite moment is the drawing Aaron did of Patrick on the drums. And also listeners go look up the storyboards for this uh, uh, episode. Cause you can find many scenes, the original drawings. And a lot of them are like to a T like, yeah, that's exactly how they drew Patrick to like, anyway. Um, so Patrick, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. don't ever look back or the, on the world closing in beyond the attack with your wings on the wind, the games <laughs> will begin. Doo, doo, doo. So, and then sweet, sweet victory. So that little section, like after Patrick playing the drums, yeah. then everyone's like got their lighters out or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. that, that section is like continuously climbing. Like they kind of yeah. switch into a major key. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was analyzing it and like looking up some music theory stuff. Anyway. Totally. Um, and then uh, I can't even think of where it is. Gosh, now I can't think of where it is, but there's this mm-hmm. E flat chord that mm-hmm. like changes everything and it builds tension and it like makes it kind of interesting. Like it doesn't exactly sound like we are the champions, even though it kind of has the same vibes. Right. And then Da, 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 da. Do you want me to play the, that section really quick? Yeah, go ahead. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the chord you're talking about? Yeah, it just, um, it adds so much like epicness to the song. And (laughs) I mean, and even when you listen to the full version, that's Mm -hmm. even there, you know, even though they go back to the verses and stuff, but it just keeps climbing. The guitar riffs are (laughs) perfect. I mean, like everything about it is um, just... I don't, I can't think of a word other than epic, but like, it's yeah. just such a big song. Um, anyway, it, it works perfectly. And I love, um, also, I don't know what you know about like how they edited the song to make it sound like it was in a, like in a stadium. Right. Do you know? no, I, I don't, I don't know, know did, the specifics, but... but yeah. And I mean, they have like the cheering and stuff the entire time in the background yeah. and but yeah, like no, totally. Hearing the flames come out. Yeah. And, uh-huh. You know, all this stuff that like adds to, I mean, you feel like you're at a halftime show yeah. where everything yeah. feels epic, but uh-huh. ultimately like the way the song is written, it's meant to make you feel something, you know, like it's meant yeah. to make you feel like I'm uh-huh. going to win the gold medal. Like totally. the thrill is one more kill. I really yeah. don't know what that means, but <laughs> the thrill of one more like, kill. Yeah. The other favorite like, part of I'm Carl's. Yeah. Get the sweet victory. Like that's mm-hmm. me. <laughs> totally anyway it's so it's so on the nose but i i wrote down so this is what i have in my notes the ending is perfect period just perfect period i wouldn't change anything it feels so good it's so emotionally satisfying uh it's so victorious feeling and i know that's very cheesy on the nose you know but it really does like feel like victory at the end um it feels way longer in your memory um even though that clip i mean it wasn't short it was two minutes but it feels like a five minute song in your memory even though the song itself is only maybe a minute ish of the ending um patrick on the drums is perfect the insane horizon when <laughs> uh, squilliam faints and they carry him immediately off 
off into the horizon. It's so far away, the edge of the bowl for some reason. How excited Squidward is. Like, he's just on top of the world and there's no ironic biting ending. Um, no. And, and then we don't get told anything this is the peak the peak of spongebob's uh show don't tell storytelling they literally there's no more dialogue at the end it's just like singing um and you just see like it was victory spongebob came through the town pulled through no one in the town is begrudging about it everybody's into it even sandy even mrs puff you know Mm -hmm. it's like so perfect it's the perfect ending it really is. It, I mean, like, it really brings me to, you know, it, it not full tears, but right. like makes me tear up because right. it's so quintessential SpongeBob. And right. like what you're saying earlier, like SpongeBob rallying people to uh-huh. like make people feel good. And, and I think it's, that's the show is like, it's SpongeBob and his friends and the, town or whoever banding together to have fun but also make other people feel good Mm -hmm. and um i think you know i I wrote down like he's kind of it it, it's celebrating the oddballs right and like the kind of the weirdos or the people on the fringe or whatever Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. like going for your dreams and like I, i don't know it's it's what this show kind of means to me mm-hmm, totally <laughs> Which is cheesy but i also yeah. like i really feel like that's what steven hillenberg did was like mm-hmm. he kind of had this like i mean he had this really talented group of people that mm. were all had odd talents yeah. and like crazy ideas and like he he just like went with it he believed in people and like mm-hmm. brought them together to make something that was fun for them and also like a creative venture that like was a part of a lot of people's dreams. So anyway, mm-hmm. I just, I'm just now making that connection, but I, yeah. um, I wanted to say that, uh, so David Isley and, um, Kulik, Bob Kulik, Bob Kulik. Thank you. Um, they released two other versions of this song. Mm. Um, and one of them being right after Steve Hillenberg died. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it was, it, it was like a, a different version in remembrance of him. And when Mm. they released it, I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, may the new decade find you all celebrating your own victories in your lives, your hearts and your souls. And I was like tearing up reading that man, like the things that this man did to like bring people together and, and Mm -hmm. in, you know, it's a cartoon, but it means a lot to a lot of people. And so, yeah, the ending is like full of, victory and like anyone can do anything and i don't know that's yeah. what that's what i have to say <laughs> yeah i i know that it, it's cheesy probably like but i 100 was getting chills listening to you descri- describe that probably partly because i that's also exactly what the show is to me and it is so much more than a cartoon to me um which maybe is dumb but i assume anybody who's made it this far into this episode of this podcast probably can relate <laughs> on some level you know yeah <laughs> um yeah there's there's nothing more to say beyond that probably so mm-hmm. we should wrap it up here sarah do you have any closing thoughts any recommendations for our listeners no, I mean, go watch this episode if you haven't seen it in a while. It really, it's a mood booster for sure. Oh, and you'll yeah. laugh, you'll cry, uh-huh. and, you know, you might throw up. 
yeah, if absolutely nothing else, um, um, watch it on YouTube. And yeah, you might throw up. You might, like Mr. Crab, say, I think I'm going to be sick. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this ride through SpongeBob history as much as me and Sarah and uh, minor guest uh, Morgan did. Please join us next week for the episodes Graveyard, Shift, and Crusty Love. Uh, uh, go and be well. <laughs> I'll just tell them you all died in a marching accident. So thanks. Thanks for nothing. You're welcome. <laughs>